Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When a bayou fishing trip reels in a horrific catch. Oh my. When they found her purse, I started screaming, no, they're dead. The whole crime appeared to be pure evil. Investigators are led on a nationwide manhunt. There was a brick wall. Who killed the Mueller's? Nobody knew. Into the dark world of weapons hoarding and violent white power fanatics. Will a family's secrets. When it's a child, you can't help but get emotional. Ever emerge from the swamp. I said, Sarah, I make this promise to you. I'll find out who did this. There's something you should know about the Illinois Bayou. It's not in Illinois. It sits about 90 miles north of Little Rock, Arkansas, in the Ozark Mountains, and its upland bogs are downright primeval. The Illinois Bayou is a swampy area. It's a lot of growth, a lot of weeds, very muddy. Most people come to the bayou to catch things, bass, sunfish, maybe even a cold water flathead. But sometimes people like to dump things here, things they're hoping the swamp will swallow up forever. 50 miles away is Tilly, Arkansas, a speck of a town with a population around 100 where everyone knows just about everyone and they like it that way. They're just good, hardworking individuals, very honest and very conservative. Uh, I think there's one little general store. It's just kind of where you go buy tobacco and Cokes. And the older guys sit on the bench out front and spit and whittle. When there's a problem in Tilly, you don't have to call 911. You can just drop by to see the sheriff in person, which is exactly what Earlene Peterson does on a January afternoon in 1996. 
How can I help you, ma'am? My daughter, she's missing. Okay, well, uh, tell me her name. Her name is Nancy Mueller, and she's 28 years old. And she has a daughter, and her name is Sarah. My little granddaughter, she's only eight. And her husband's missing, too. The missing couple, Nancy and Bill Mueller, are extra conservative, even by Ozark standards. You all finished? Let me see. Nancy is a homemaker who harvests and prepares her family's meals, Honey, you got them all, all right. while homeschooling her eight-year-old daughter, Sarah. Hey, let me see. Hey, Nancy's 52-year-old husband, Bill, works as a master electrician at a nearby Walmart. Bill's also a member of the Patriot Movement, a die-hard gun rights organization. Willie had a gun business on the side of being an electrician, and they went to all the gun shows all over the United States. He was armed all the time. According to Earlene, there is a disturbing side to Bill. Willie was very militant, and he was very obsessive toward Nancy. I was very worried. Earlene hasn't heard from her daughter since they left a week ago to work a gun show in Oklahoma. It's not like her. Well, ma'am, based off what you're telling me, there's nothing we can do. She's an adult, she's free to go where she pleases. If the child is with her, she's not technically missing. And I couldn't get him to do anything. They said, you just have to wait. Earlene decides to drive the 20 miles to the Mueller's isolated cabin in the woods. She brings her son, David, Nancy's brother, in case there's trouble. Why is the door wide open? The house was immaculate. There wasn't a thing missing nowhere. Something's not right, David. I half expected to find her dead when we went in. Earlene and David search the whole place. Nothing seems out of sorts until they reach Bill and Nancy's bedroom. David, in here quick. I found the bags, half packed, and Nancy's stuff and Sarah's. Doesn't make any sense. It was as if they vanished, just evaporated. Earlene returns to the sheriff's office to report what she found. Something's wrong. Ma'am, they, uh, they probably just went off paper. What's off paper? Underground, no communication with anyone. No, she always calls me. It was easy to believe Bill Muller went off the deep end and went off paper. But I figured if he went off paper, she was dead. When Sheriff's investigator Aaron Duvall oh. learns about the Mueller family's disappearance. Bill Mueller, yeah, I know. He's not too surprised because he knows the Mueller's. Bill used to work as a county constable, an elected officer of the peace. Bill kept to himself because of his uh, participating in guns and firearms. He was a individualist. He did not believe in paper money. He wanted everything in silver and gold. Something's really wrong, really wrong. As the weeks tick by, Earlene continues to search for her daughter, but there's still no sign of her family until Sheriff Winters gets a call from a man who lives about 50 miles away from the Mueller's home. Pope County Sheriff's Office. A landowner went out to check his property and there was a Jeep and trailer. It had been sitting there for at least a couple of days. Did you get the tag number on that? No, no, you did the right thing. 
A quick check of the license plates reveals that the vehicle and its trailer belong to the Mueller's. Get a match. Thank you. I wonder what we're gonna find in that gun trailer. Jay Winters called, and he said, Arlene, we found the Jeep. We all felt like the bodies was in the trailer. The Jeep and its gun trailer had been ditched in a dense, swampy section of woods, about a 45-minute drive from the Mueller's home. You the one who found the vehicle? I did, sir. And you're the property owner? I am. The sheriffs wait for Erlene's son, David, to show up. David, thank you for coming. They may need him to ID any bodies they find. Cut the lock. David said, Mom, I'll never forget that moment the rest of my life. He said, I went clear to the ground. Because he was expecting the bodies to be there, too, in the trip. But there was nothing. All the guns, everything was gone. I went ahead and opened the vehicle to see if I could uh, get any information inside. What I found was a purse and identification belonging to Nancy Mueller. Purse, wallet, cigarettes. It's a puzzle wrapped in a riddle. A young mother, a father, and their little girl gone missing, along with a trailer full of guns. I thought possibly she was forced to leave that vehicle. There had to be some reason why she would leave everything that she had in that purse. When they said they found her purse, I knew, I knew then she was dead. I felt like Willie did go off paper, and I honestly felt like he killed my daughter and grandbaby. But there was no way I could prove it. Truth is, Early never liked Bill Mueller much. Nancy first met Bill three years back when she went to work for him as a junior electrician. He was 20 years her senior. Her dad and I both talked to her about it and told her you know, it's not a good mix, he's too old. But she was a very lonely, divorced woman with a child, and he just won her over. Just a year after they met, the couple married. At first, Bill embraced family life and his new stepdaughter, Sarah. And Nancy fell in love with the peace and quiet of life in the Ozark backwoods. She loved gardening, horses, flowers, they did experience walks. They'd go find fossils and rocks and go swimming, and they had a good time. Earlene's precocious granddaughter, Sarah, took to it like a catfish to a crawdad. She was what I would call a wild child. <laughs> she was really outgoing, very happy child. I cannot do this anymore, Bill. But two years into the marriage, Something no, changed. No, 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 please let go of me, please. What are you doing? Your daughter is sitting right there. Erlene says Bill became more controlling. You're hurting me. After one fight got violent, Nancy grabbed Sarah and threatened to leave him for good. Bill, stop! Stop it! She called and she said, Mother, can you come and get me and Sarah? And the first thing 
Sarah said was, he blew up the TV, Grandma. He shot it and threw it out the door. Bill, stop it. Don't leave me. Bill, Don't calm down. You're, You're the one that needs to calm down. Stop it. Grandma. Come on, baby. Grandma's here. That's OK, baby. Nancy, Nancy, no, 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 Bill, going home with me. Don't you listen to her. Don't leave me. I need you. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. I wanted him out of her life. But he already had her so convinced that she shouldn't leave. Spring turns over to summer, and there's still no word from Nancy or Bill Mueller. Law enforcement has no new information on what happened to them and believe they have probably gone underground. That is until June 28, 1996. It's a typically muggy day upriver along the Illinois Bayou. A couple decides to motor out to their secret catfishing spot in the swampy shallows. It was on a Friday. And as the husband was anchoring the boat, his wife decided to go on and cast her line out. Go ahead and give it a shot. Oh, I think I'm stuck on something. Look, I'll see if I can get you closer. This is not a fish. I got a shoe or something. I don't. Oh my. You can't tell me. Coming up. Stop! Could a domestic dispute have led to a gruesome crime scene? That's the kind of stuff you see on TV on old mafia shows. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. 
I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Six months after Bill and Nancy Mueller disappeared, along with their eight-year-old daughter, Sarah, a couple enjoying a day of fishing in a swampy Arkansas bayou pulls up the most revolting catch of their lives. <gasps> Pope County Sheriff Jay Winters and his investigator, Aaron Duvall, race out to investigate. That's all we got so far. We got officers still looking. The water's murky. Even scuba divers with lights couldn't see more than six inches in front of their face. So we had to cordon it off and do it by hand. Hey guys, let's start the grid upstream and work down inch by inch. We are not leaving here until we find the rest of these remains. It was very slow, tedious work. Actually took almost two days to completely search it. Investigators painstakingly drag every inch of the area. Bit by bit, they find evidence that something appalling has happened. The worst is when they recover what appears to be the body of a child. The little eight-year-old girl was wearing a t-shirt with pictures of kittens on the front. There are a lot of things that are hard to look at when you're a prosecutor. That may have been about the worst one during my time in that office. Investigators pull up a total of three bodies, a young girl, an adult male, and the partial body of an adult female. The leg found by the fisherman belonged to the woman. When we found the bodies, they were completely wrapped with plastic around the head, so possibly they suffocated. They were weighted down with rocks, with duct tape. Those stones, I think the smallest one was 50 pounds. So it was very obvious to us that somebody had meant for those bodies to not be found. It's hard to imagine how anyone could commit an act like that and then live with themselves. How could anyone want to harm a little girl? The whole crime appeared to be pure evil. That's the kind of stuff you see on TV, on old mafia shows. When it's a child, you can't help but get emotional. This is an innocent person. She didn't have a chance. Based on the decay, investigators believe the bodies to have been stewing in the water for five months. It's hard to make out the victims' faces through the plastic and tape, 
but there's only one trio of people who've been reported missing in the area. I think we just found the Mueller's. I think you're right. We met with Erlene, and I said, look, Erlene, you need to know that we have found three bodies. It's very, very possible it's Bill and Nancy and your granddaughter. And I started screaming, no, they're dead, they're really dead. Erlene is shocked by the realization that her son-in-law, Bill, isn't the killer, but a victim. After I got calmed down, I was thankful that I knew where she was at. The first thing I thought of was that Billy, maybe he fought for them. Maybe he did love them. I said, I promise you we're gonna get who did this. And I sort of hated myself for saying that because I, I was scared to death we'd never find out who did it. Who killed the Mueller's? Nobody knew, it could have been anybody. I think it could have been the guns. Could have been a road ambush. But why kill the Mueller's? Doesn't make sense. It's hard to come up a motive when a child is killed, what did she know that would cause someone to take her life? Nearly the whole community of Tilly turns out to support Earlene and her family at the funeral. We were all shocked that anything like that could ever happen. Not in that little town, because everybody knows everybody, you know. Everybody was kind of put on their head. <laughs> When Nancy and Sarah were laid to rest at this particular cemetery where my parents are buried, I said, Sarah, I make this promise to you. I'll find out who did this. I promise you. I promise you I'll do that. After the funeral, sheriff's investigators get to work canvassing nearly the whole darn county. Anything that you can do to help us. She was a really precious little girl. Beautiful little girl. Yeah. Um, really we went to see if there was anything unusual about the Mueller's back in January. Did they see any strange vehicles? Was there any threats? Anything unusual that you noticed? I think I heard something about them coming into some money recently. Really? Uh, do you know how much? We were notified that supposedly Bill had $50,000 either in gold or in silver. Everyone knew Bill Mueller didn't trust the banks, which means the loot was probably stashed in his house. In the meantime, Duval brings in ATF investigator Glenn Jordan to see if they can trace any of the weapons stolen from Bill's trailer. No hits. Nope. We're not seeing Bill's guns anywhere. Well, they could be on the black market. Oh yeah, and a collection like Bill's could be worth an awful lot of money. Yeah. We knew he attended gun shows. Did he run into somebody that wanted to take advantage of him and uh, the firearms that he had? Going to gun shows per se isn't dangerous, but in the 90s when all of this happened, gun shows were very much a venue for the radical right in America. Nancy kept Sarah with her all the time at the gun shows. And yes, I was very worried about her all the time. Duval returns to the Mueller's house. The family's been gone about six months. Still, maybe they'll dig up something. We wanted to see the house as it was when the Mueller's left. 
if there had been some type of struggle inside the house, any type of evidence, if there was blood anywhere. The place is empty. Uh, yeah, well, I did have to get the place ready for new tents. They can put away their fingerprint kits. So many people have been in and out. There's no point. Look, anything that the family left, I put in those three boxes right there. You mind if we take a look? Uh, sure, go ahead. And going through the belongings of the Mueller's, that's when we found the empty gun box. Bingo. Still had the serial number. Case for a handgun. The box is for a Colt revolver. And since revolvers aren't required to be registered in Arkansas, the gun wasn't on the list of the Mueller's stolen weapons that was checked against the national database. Glenn Jordan with ATF took that serial number and entered it through National Crime Information Center. Break. It popped up. It came back as a hit. The gun's in the evidence room at the Seattle Police Department. They picked up a guy named Travis Brake. A convicted felon named Travis Brake had been arrested four months ago for carrying a concealed weapon without a permit. Could he be responsible for one of the most brutal triple murders in Arkansas? Things are going to go a lot better for you if you'll just level with us. You understand? Travis Brake was arrested four months ago for carrying a concealed weapon without a permit. Turns out that weapon belonged to the Mueller's. You want to tell us where you got the gun? He told us that he had purchased this at a gun show in Seattle. He didn't know who he had purchased it from. It's just one of these uh, under the table type purchase. Oh, what did he look like? Oh, they look like hillbillies. You know, the beards and overalls. They didn't look like they were from here. Well, description of an individual as a hillbilly, that could be me, maybe. You know, that could be uh, some of my friends and relatives. So not much to go on, but it was a clue. You're going to have to come up with a better answer than I bought a gun from some hillbillies. I... I don't know anything about any murders, I swear. So what do you think? I don't think he had anything to do with it. Now they need to ID this alleged hillbilly who sold break the Mueller's stolen revolver. Investigators take another look at photos found at the Mueller's. Show him the pictures. Maybe he'll identify that mystery hillbilly. There was one particular photo of Bill with a man who, to look at him, you might say, yeah, this is a hillbilly. See anyone you recognize? Yeah, I would say that's him. Are you sure? Yeah, pretty sure. I mean, you don't see people like that in Seattle. Good. They've got a person of interest with a face, but no name, still. Now they can dangle this photo out there to see if anyone bites. And back in Arkansas, they get a nibble from the Mueller's landlord. You recognize the gentleman with Bill Mueller? Yeah, 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 that's uh, Kirby. Kirby? Kirby Kehoe. And that's the first time that I heard of Kirby Kehoe. So we began to center on this man to find out his history here in Pope County. Kirby Kehoe and his wife Gloria used to live about 40 miles from the Mueller family. 
As detectives quickly discover, Kirby's a disgruntled Vietnam vet and the father of eight boys. Kirby was down on his luck, didn't have much money. People thought he would be subject to try to steal somebody's money. So, yeah, Kirby, Kirby Keogh was, was somebody that we were very, very interested in. You ever see him on the property with Bill? Oh, most definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. What were they doing? Shooting guns. <laughs> Target practice. The, the sheriff decides to hold oh, off talking to Kirby while he gathers more information. Kirby Keogh. Mm hmm Thank you. The Keogh and the Mueller's, their relationship was strictly through gun shows. Hey, Bill. Hey, Kirby. They would meet up. They would work security together. Sometimes they would set up a booth together. It's so good to see you. Good to see you, too. How's my favorite girl? Good. My birthday's next week. You coming? Uh, you betcha I'm coming. <laughs> Seems Nancy Mueller was also friendly with Kirby's wife, Gloria. Gloria would even babysit little Sarah when Nancy and Bill had to work a gun show. Hey, what do you want for your birthday? A pony, maybe? <laughs> a pony. To Duvall... It's not hard to believe Kirby Kehoe might be involved in the Mueller murders. Bill was a Army veteran. Bill was in law enforcement. Bill was suspicious of people. For someone to get the drop on Bill, it had to be somebody he knew or someone he trusted. Well, here we have a family that was close to the Mueller's. And there's another reason the Kehoe's raised red flags. The family are members of the Christian identity, an extremist, racist, anti-government religious group. Nancy was very afraid of the group Bill was running with. Very afraid of him. The fact is, is that in the mid-1990s, people involved with militias and other radical right-wing groups were extremely interested in weaponry and, in fact, were amassing weapons at a very, very rapid rate. Now check this out. <laughs> it's a disturbing thought. Could some of these anti-government radicals have killed Bill and his innocent wife and child to get their hands on his guns and gold? Kirby Kehoe lived in a world of very violent extremists. He commonly went uh, to gathering places like Aryan Nations, which are filled continually uh, with people who have committed murders and aggravated assaults and so on. Any time that you want to develop a white nation or a certain group of people, there are certain things that you need. You need money. You need guns. Duvall has his suspicions, but he's not ready to make a move until he has hard evidence that proves Kirby Kehoe is involved. And then the investigation is thrown down yet another trail. It's December, 1996 almost a year since eight-year-old Sarah and her parents were slaughtered. License and registration. Is there a problem? 600 miles north at a rest stop in South Dakota, yeah, okay. an officer pulls up behind an illegally parked SUV with white power bumper stickers on the back. Do you have any guns on your person or in this vehicle? In the back of the vehicle. A particular neo-Nazi skinhead named John Haynes was pulled over by state troopers who spotted in his car a 223 semi-automatic rifle. The officer runs a check on the weapon's serial number and gets a hit. Copy that. 
car now. I didn't do anything. Hands where I can see them. I didn't even do anything. Get up against the car now. Looks like they just found one of Bill Mueller's missing guns. They went to Sean Haynes and told him, listen, buddy, you're looking at a triple homicide if you don't want to talk to us about where you got that weapon. Did you murder the Mueller's? Bill, Nancy, and little Sarah? Well, I don't even know what you're talking about. Where'd you get the weapon? I traded for it. With who? Chevy. 23-year-old Chevy Kehoe is Kirby Kehoe's oldest son. Kirby has already been ID'd as the hillbilly who sold the Mueller's revolver to Travis Brake in Seattle. Kirby Kehoe. Turns out, Chevy is also heavily involved in the militia movement alongside his father. Y'all remember my son, Chevy? Yeah, how you doing? I haven't seen you since you were a little guy. What you got here? Chevy grew up in pretty humble circumstances, and his family at times lived in pretty bad poverty. But a number of people who knew him when he was a child described him as a good student, um, somebody who made the honor roll, that he was very polite. But Kirby Kehoe thought there were more important things in life than good grades. All right, Chevy, see what you can do. He raised eight boys to believe in the right to bear arms and to embrace the anti-government movement. Get down in your stance, boy. Just let them, just let them know. Don't I think they were raised by a very evil, conniving man. I think he was a terrible father. But when investigators try to track down Kirby and his son Chevy, there's a problem. Seems the Kehoe clan has pulled up stakes from Arkansas and hit the road. It's another blow for Nancy's mom, Earlene. It just seemed like it was one dead end after another, over and over and over. Then seven months after the bodies of Nancy, Sarah, and Bill Mueller were recovered, Investigators catch a big break. On a bitter day in February 1997, Ohio State Trooper Harold Harker pulls over a blue Suburban for expired tags. License and registration, please. I don't, I don't have one, sir. You don't have license? The officer was, was talking to the driver. Of course, he didn't have any identification. Would you step out of the car, please? And he was gonna have him sit in the police car the events that follow are captured on the dash cam of the trooper's patrol car. Freeze! After the passenger fires at the officers, he jackrabbits into the woods and the driver screeches off. The police get chase, but they soon lose him. Both gunmen are out of sight within minutes, leaving nothing but questions in their wake. When the passenger got out, he assumed a position that you would anticipate either he had military training or law enforcement training. His arms were extended, wrists were locked, and it was very much a miracle that nobody got shot and really that nobody got killed. The shootout hits the six o'clock news and a nationwide manhunt is launched. Glenn Jordan called me and said, have you seen what's on TV? I recognize Chevy. The driver is none other than 24-year-old Chevy Kehoe, and his passenger is Chevy's 20-year-old brother, Shane. Shane, run!
Within 24 hours, police find the Blue Suburban in a parking lot, but the Kehoe brothers have escaped. Lead investigator Aaron Duvall and the ATF agent Glenn Jordan travel to the Ohio Crime Lab to review the contents discovered in the vehicle. What you got for us? We got some guns, 4,000 rounds, enough to arm a small army. We got some fake FBI gear. Hmm. What else? We begin to look at some of the equipment, and one particular piece of evidence made a connection with Bill Mueller. Does this look familiar to you? I'll be damned. He had a particular badge case that he wore on his belt when he was a constable. That was a big connection to Bill Mueller. It's the hard evidence investigators have been waiting for. Meanwhile, the hunt continues for the Kehoe brothers. The FBI announces a $60,000 reward for information leading to their capture, and the tips start pouring in. Polk County Sheriff's Office. There are reported sightings of them in North Carolina, Indiana, and Wyoming. But police always seem to be one step behind. At that point, the FBI's involved, the ATF's involved, and it became a, a pretty much a nationwide manhunt for them. Four months go by without any further leads. But then, on a hot June day in 1997, a year after the bodies of the Mueller's were found, a young man walks into the police station in Coalville, Washington. My name is Shane Kehoe, and I'm wanted. After a four-month nationwide manhunt, wanted criminal 21-year-old Shane Kehoe turns himself in to police. He says he's scared, not of authorities, but of his brother, Chevy. My brother has lost his mind. All right, I don't know what he's capable of anymore. Do not lie to me, Shane. I ain't lying. He told us that he was afraid that Chevy was going to harm him and his wife. Shane really loved his wife and his children. And he knew that they were next in line to be killed. Shane claims he'd rather Somebody risk did. prison than be caught up in his brother's deadly plans to create an anti-government, all-white nation. Apparently, Chevy had made some comments about killing his parents so that he could get the younger boys and take them to raise. And, of course, they could have been citizens of his new separate country. On top of all of that, uh, Chevy developed this uh, very unhealthy sexual interest in Shane's wife. I think that was the final straw for him. At that point, he decided, I can't stay here anymore. This is insane. And you can tell me if you had anything to do with suffocating, but calm down. Are you telling me that you had nothing to do with suffocating Bill? Nancy or Sarah? Had absolutely nothing to do with that. Duval can't be sure he's getting the truth, but Shane says he'll exactly prove it by giving up his brother's location. Here, this is Gunlock, Utah. He's living on a ranch. Who's all with him? His wife and his kids. Anyone else? No, sir. There was a farmer that allowed Chevy and his brother to come there and stay. He didn't have any idea who Chevy was. 
police notify the Utah farmer about the dangerous man living on his land. Sir, this is Sheriff Jay Winters with the Pope County Sheriff's Department. The farmer agrees to cooperate in hopes of saving Chevy's kids from violence. On June 17, 1997, he tells Chevy that he needs him to drive him to town to pick up some feed. Chevy Kehoe, you are under arrest for the murder of the Mueller family. It's been almost a year and a half since the Mueller's were murdered and dumped in the Illinois Bayou. But finally, their prime suspect, Chevy Kehoe, is in custody. Still, with all three victims bound, suffocated, and tossed in the water, Chevy couldn't have acted alone, but his brother Shane says he wasn't there. It was someone else. Danny Lee. Danny Lee Graham. Daniel Lee was just a street thug. He was a neo-Nazi skinhead. Chevy Kehoe was uh, vastly more intelligent than Danny Lee. Now Chevy stops talking, except to say he's innocent. Investigators bring in Chevy's mother, Gloria Kehoe, who breaks the silence. I can't keep this secret any longer. Nancy and Sarah didn't deserve this. No, they did not. I think it's very difficult for a mother to have to confess that my child has done something wrong. But she also had enough compassion for that little girl that she had to tell someone about it. Jeffy said him and Daniel went to the house for that money, the gold that Bill had inherited. They dressed up like FBI. If Bill had come in and somebody had just jumped up in the house, Bill would have probably shot him. FBI, open up! What the hell is this? FBI, we want to talk to you. Bill was going to surrender to the FBI. After being there just for a very short time, Bill figured they weren't law enforcement. You got a warrant? Wait a minute, I know you. You're Chevy Kehoe. Now, Bill, tell me where those golden guns are at. Get over there! Get him on the couch. Stay down. They had got Bill off to himself and promised him they wouldn't hurt the family if he'd tell us where the money was at and all the guns. Where's the gold? I don't know what you're talking about. Leave my daughter alone! Shut up! When Bill hears his wife and Sarah begging for their lives, he struggles to break free. We never found the money, so our assumption was that they did get the money. But even if the Mueller's gave up the hiding place of their stash, it didn't save them. All three were suffocated to death from the plastic bags duct taped around their necks. Jimmy said they didn't know what to do with the bodies, that they panicked, they didn't know how to get rid of them. They dumped him in the swamp. Come on. Get him up there. 
That rock, put it on top of him. Chevy and his buddy Daniel Lee loaded the bodies into Chevy's truck. They duct taped 50 pound rocks to their torsos and drove them 50 miles away to the Illinois Bayou. They figured they could make the family disappear forever. Yes, swamps can swallow up secrets, but that doesn't mean they always keep them. In March of 1999, Chevy Kehoe is found guilty of murder and sentenced to three life terms without the possibility of parole. Chevy, I don't think Chevy even has a heart. Tell you the truth, there's nothing there. He is sold out completely. Because of his extensive criminal background, Chevy's accomplice, Daniel Lee, receives the death penalty. What a waste. It's such a waste. Took beautiful lives for a stupid dream that can never happen. <laughs>